AgTech 360 discusses breakthrough technologies that are impacting growers, businesses, and consumers. Hear from industry and academic experts about what's on the horizon. So this is Adrian Percy, Executive Director of the North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative and your host on this podcast. This is actually the second part of a podcast series that we're doing around pathogens and the importance of controlling pathogens in agriculture for various different reasons, whether it's be to create uh, healthier plants or healthier animals, and we're going to talk uh, about that today, or perhaps to control foodborne pathogens and protect humans. So today, I'm really delighted to be joined by Ed Fuchs. Ed is the CEO and founder of Folium Science. And uh, yeah, Ed, welcome to the pod. Thank you very much, Adrian. Very pleased to be with you today. And uh, it sounds like an exciting uh, conversation we might have today. Yeah, well, I hope so too. And it's great to be seeing you across the Atlantic. I know you're in the kind of Cambridge area, so... It's great to be talking to a fellow Brit. Likewise, to be talking to you across the uh, water. We, yeah, we founded the business in uh, Cambridge. It's quite a, it's quite interesting. But we then moved ourselves to Bristol, actually. Ah, okay, Bristol. Yeah, I know it well as well. So anyway, we'll get to that later, perhaps. Uh, But just to start off, I mean, you've had a long career already prior to to Folium Science, and I'm, I'm just kind of curious of your motivation and your background and how you've got into, you know, your current position. I think the, the thing that I anchor myself into is how how we improve it, if you see what I'm saying. How do we improve that food system for the better? And that's something that I've been uh, very focused on over the last 30 years of my career. You see, as an engineer, I, I tend to look at how how the food value chain works and how to decipher it in a forensic fashion that may may consider every element of the value chain and looking at little changes that might actually improve it for the better. Obviously, we're going to talk a little bit about the production of animal protein today and what Folium Science is doing, some of the really cool technology that you're harnessing to improve animal welfare and, and animal health and animal production. We know with our growing population that will require more animal protein over time. You know, I'm talking to you from a state in the US that is very heavily involved in in both poultry and in hog production. You know, when you look at some of the challenges facing the animal industry right now, how would you how would you describe them? There are a number of barriers that seem to come up time and time again around protein production and, and that side of things. You know, whether there's disease outbreak risk, commodity risk, volatility on price, whether you, you know, the consumer preference changes, even just the, the fact that with the intensity of farming, the welfare issues that come about and the impact that this may have on the climate, climate change itself, if you see what I'm saying. Let me take a, a look at a couple of those, of those issues in a little bit more detail. Let's take disease outbreak. You know, we've had a number of pandemic issues <laughs> relatively recently. I mean, whether it's be the COVID uh, point or or actually African swine fever that's decimated some of the pig production in in China. They, they these are big issues. They're here to come about time and time again. Uh, and I think one of the biggest issues that we're we're going to be challenged with is this frame of antimicrobial resistance, if you see what I'm saying. This is a, an exponential issue that's actually growing year on year. I mean, when I looked at it five years ago, you know, antimicrobial resistance and multi-drug resistance was, uh, had increased 30, 300% over 20 years, and it's continuing to increase. Luckily, 
regulators have got involved, um, and uh, including in Europe and the US, and no longer they can, you no longer use antibiotics, um, uh, and they're not permitted to be used as growth promoters anymore, which is which is fantastic. But the the, the this antimicrobial resistance issue is causing significant amount of pressure on, on being able to control things. Can you talk a little bit about what folks are doing right now in terms of trying to identify and reduce you know the spread of, of different foodborne pathogens and diseases within within animals so we can then get a, a sense of what the gap is and where, where the needs are? There's lots of different approaches when you look at the different territories. When we when we create a product, we need to be able to get an international product. Let's just get into a little bit of detail here. Then um, you know, there's many food labs or vets that are able to identify uh, these microorganisms, whether through traditional microbiological testing or through some genetic testing. Like uh, PCRs become particularly uh, prevalent uh, in in the use. Uh, but these these tests take days because they actually you know they they need culturing you need to culture the actual um, microbe that you're looking for and and that, that costs farmers downtime it costs farmers feed time if their results don't come back positive and and that that drains profitability and ability to reinvest in then in a sustainable farming system if you see what I'm saying so. Do you want to talk a little bit then about what Folium is is doing now and and you know your technology approach so that we can understand you know what what you kind of bring to the table as it were? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. I mean, Folium uh, Science has uh, got a guided biotic platform um, uh, which is an output des- output design led approach where we select from nature to be able to precisely control and diagnose bacteria, unwanted bacteria, those that have antimicrobial resistance or foodborne pathogens or, or gastric gases. And we control those through the guided biotic platform. So what is the guided biotic platform? Well, it's actually biotech platform that uses a CRISPR-Cas-based biotechnology. CRISPR-Cas is commonly known for gene editing, but what we've done is we've looked at how it can be used within uh, its natural environment. It's the immune system of bacteria, uh, and and what what they do is it what it does is it samples uh, DNA uh, in, that is invading, and what we do is we, we program it to in effect kill or reduce the impact of a certain gene expression uh, in, in the microbiome. Uh, it's very simple in, in its nature, uh, and it's it's very natural in its nature as well. The result of basically reducing the functionality of these kind of bad bacteria, if I can call them that, this is helping with antimicrobial resistance, which you've you know explained is a huge issue. And so what other areas can this type of uh, technology help with? Well, let's just pick up the point. It deals, the technology resets antimicrobial resistance as an issue. It, it, it basically has been designed not to be resistant. It has been designed so that things can't evolve away from it. The interesting thing is that we it's evolved within the gut from millennia ago, and it's working 24-7 
inside our gut, inside the our soil's gut, inside the plants, inside. And it's working 24-7 and it's working very effectively in, in, in defending ourselves and, and the microbes that it's, it's defending anyway. We have the ability to utilise it for precise control of bacteria, but we also have the ability to control the output of the gastric gases. So we have an application that in effect controls ammonia and poultry. And, and we see it being applied very nicely to be able to actually help with nutritional uh, and nutrient uh, uptake as well. Um, so we could get some benefits, further benefits and yield benefits for farmers along the way. The North Carolina Plant Sciences Initiative impacts lives through innovative applications and discoveries. By leveraging cutting-edge research and technology, we address global challenges related to agriculture, sustainability, and human health. So, so talking about farmers, let's move on to another group, the consumers. You know, when you think of the safety of these types of technologies and maybe the consumer acceptance, are there concerns? Have you, you know, addressed those concerns? And how have you addressed those concerns? Well, well I think the, the place that I, I step back onto is that the process by which we assess safety when we take products like this to market. They're very thorough and they look at a lot of environment, you know, the, the safety of the, uh, the product in the environment and in its use, if you see what I'm saying. We've, we've been through a series of conversations uh, with those uh, with particular territories um, and and we have got regulatory approval for the for the use of it as safe. Actually, this first uh, product, Biomedix One, is actually not going to be considered to be a genetically modified organism. This is this is planned to launch mid to late next year, and in essence, uh, we can we can see that there is no persistence in the environment either as well, which is phenomenal. And so we've talked a lot about animal health and nutrition um, as an application for your guided biotics platform. But what other applications are you foreseeing in the future as you expand this into other areas? The key thing here is that uh, leading from the benefits that we saw coming from this uh, first application, whilst it was looking at food safety and antimicrobial resistance and that side, we did, we did have an uh, uh, unintended consequence as well from this through some of the studies which actually improved yield. And I mentioned that just a minute ago for farmers. When I look at it in you know simple terms, if you see a log reduction of salmonella, you probably get 100 basis points of improvement on live weight. You can see the correlation of if you take away certain biological aspects from an, from an animal that aren't helpful, then you actually get better production from that. We've actually looked at um, how we see this precise bacterial control is now that it's reduced to practice, and we actually looked at our very strong early IP position, we decided to actually develop solutions which could then modulate the microbiome. So we actually enhanced the uh, productivity benefits that you can get uh, for animal production as well. We're applying this also for uh, crop protection space. 
Uh, and that, for me, is phenomenal. So we're now talking about moving from an animal's gut into a plant microbiome uh, and looking at the applications, not only in soil, but also uh, actually within on the foliar application, if you see what I'm saying. This is an interesting application that can come forward over, year, over the next few years that could actually be then applied for tomatoes, could be applied in some of the high value crops like uh, olives, uh, vines, citrus fruits. Um, I particularly see interest in how we could actually stop the use of antibiotics in citrus, uh, uh, in, olive, uh, in uh, orange groves, um, and actually uh, utilise this technology on, on, uh, to deal with the, the uh, citrus screening issue. Well, that's, that's great news because that is obviously something near and dear to our hearts here on the coast of the US, um, citrus greening. And as you kind of referenced, there are enormous issues with other types of crops um, being attacked by bacterial diseases. Xylella so in, in olives, for instance, which is a huge issue in the Mediterranean basin, as you know. So it's exciting to see that this technology, you know, will move beyond the animal kingdom into the plant kingdom and, and potentially have benefits there as well. So Ed, I wish you a lot of luck. Thanks for joining us from Bristol in the UK. And uh, yeah, talk to you again sometime. Thank you. AgTech 360 shares relevant news and breakthroughs with audiences across the globe. Stay connected and join the conversation by following NCPSI on social media.